0: Hey y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you to people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. In this episode, number 276, the tables are being turned. My virtual assistant, Sarah Jane Menifee, is interviewing me and asking me your questions. And that is a nugget I've been able to share with so many people because often as moms and women and wives, we just spiral out of control with the what ifs and the fears and all the things that could go wrong with our kids or that we're failing or we're not doing enough and how we're going to micromanage this. And we're creating imagined scenarios where the reality is when you walk through the hard thing, God will give you the grace to do it. And even if it's horrible, I mean, I've had horrible days, you know, shaving my mom's head from her chemotherapy while also picking out flowers for my dad's casket was not my favorite day, but God gave me grace to walk through it. It's a little awkward to do an intro to myself, I have to admit, but what I love about this episode is how it points you to different episodes you may not have heard of or are familiar with, I also get a chance to share my testimony, um, some of the things I love. So all of that in this episode, let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Heather, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. (laughs) Thanks for having me on my show. So glad to have you with a guest. (laughs) 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 Oh my goodness. But thank you for being willing. Y'all, this is Sarah Jane, my virtual assistant, mom- to three little girls who helps me every week stay sane and have a weekend, and she's willing to ask me your questions so that I'm just not doing a monologue here. Yep. Heather's in the hot seat this (laughs) week. We get to ask her
1: all of our burning questions about the podcast, about... Things that she does. I want to ask what she feeds her kids <laughs> weeknights because even though I have three girls and she has four boys, I just feel like I'm constantly feeding an army. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Is that the first question? I mean, absolutely. Go for it. What's, what's, <laughs> People respond on Instagram and all those things more to like beauty, health, and food than anything
1: spiritual. Terrible. But it's also like a constant what's for dinner, what's for dinner all the time.
0: Yeah. Well, of course, because they've been a sponsor for so long, I really actually do use prep dish a lot. Like I don't like to have to think and I like variety. So I literally on Sundays will look at the prep dish menu and pick out at least two or three of the things to make. Um, But I would say if I didn't have prep I'm just like going for the most easy thing. My favorite is the ginger snap roast. And what that is, is a roast and canned French onion soup, one can, one of those packets of dry onion soup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then a can of water, um, all of that on the roast, and then 20 ginger snap cookies (laughs) in a crock pot. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Do you like crush
0: up the ginger snap cookies? Oh, no, no. you could, but I just put them all in there and it all disintegrate. Yeah.
1: (sighs) I love ginger snaps.
0: It tastes really good. While your
1: roast is cooking, you can enjoy the cookies.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And if you've got a little bit of morning sickness, it might help you with that. I'm just saying it's really (laughs) simple and I've brought it to people when they've had babies and it's my go-to, I would say. And your boys like it. They, oh, they, they like it. meat. They just want steak and potatoes. Is is a cliche for a reason. It's true. They really. That's they ask for that every meal. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I can't afford well, that. So thank you for answering my burning question <laughs> Okay, good. <laughs> I think it's probably because today I had to go grocery shopping and meal planning, so that's was on my mind. But we've got some great questions from listeners as well. Um, one of them from Instagram, two of hearts art asks. Uh, what's your
0: testimony? Tell us about how you came to faith in Christ. Well, first of all, I looked up your account, to of Hearts Art, and your family's adorable, and your art is amazing, so y'all go check her out. Yay. So my testimony is I grew up in a home where both of my parents followed Jesus. They did not grow up in homes of faith, and so they became believers as adults. They also had my older brother and sister like 11 years before me, And so by the time I came around, I think they were ready to do this parenting thing, quote unquote, the right way. And so I was introduced to God's word and church and the truth of the gospel really young. I went to a Christian kindergarten, and I think it was during nap time that I went up to the teacher and I said, I want to pray and ask Jesus to come into my heart. And so um, that was just a moment. Then it was just a continually choosing to follow Jesus all throughout elementary school. Uh, a lot of religion in my story of, you know, learning the books of the Bible and learning more about how do we pray and how do we study God's word. And then I think in college, I really chose the faith for my own. Like when the rubber met the road, so to speak, of hard things and friendship things and just struggles, God was my firm place to stand. He was the unfailing um, lover of my soul, and I just claimed him for myself. But my parents were both really good about discipling me. My dad would take me on donut dates. There's, I think it's episode six, maybe, uh, is with my dad. and he would take me and we would go get a donut. I'd always get a sprinkled donut and we'd bring my precious moments Bible, read a story out of there and then pray together. Uh, and my mom, she was always leading Bible studies and I would always watch her um, have women around our kitchen table that she was discipling. And she, so she's someone who would just talk about her faith and the car. And as we were homeschooled for part of my elementary years. And so my dad would teach us around the kitchen table and she would also just all the time be talking about theology and what we believe about things. We would see a movie and we would talk through, well, how how does that line up what we believe about God and what doesn't line up with what we believe about God? And anyway, just all part of me growing in faith in Christ. Wow.
1: That's awesome. Your parents make it sound so easy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Right, <laughs> I think they'd gone through a lot in their life. Yeah. And so it was a lot of them learning and recognizing life didn't work the other way. And so I think they even tried the legalism route. And so by the time I came around, they really embraced grace for themselves. And there's a lot of love and forgiveness and grace and also truth.
1: That's great. I looked, and it is episode six. I have not listened to
0: that one. Donut dates with your dad. There you go. Yep. He's with Jesus now, so it's even more special. The episodes I've done with people who are in God's presence face-to-face, it's like, oh, it feels like a holy captured conversation, you know?
1: Absolutely. Well, and with you know coming up close to three hundred episodes, it's two in the two seventies now. Right. There's so many great episodes. So um, where we can, we're going to reference other things to listen to. Even if you've heard it before, sometimes it's great to go back and refresh your memory because there, you've had so many guests over the years. It's hard to even remember from week to week, all the great advice. Right, so so, um, true. And of course, one of the, one of our questions from Janae is what is one of the best nuggets of wisdom that you've received from a podcast
0: guest? I mean. <laughs> and what's so funny, Janae, she's been on the show and I think of the episode was called New Mom Q&A. I would say that Honestly, some of the episodes that stand out are from our mentors and not famous author mentors, but women who are a part of my community or women that I've looked up to. And just this strength of belief that I feel like we can borrow from. Uh, Vicki Kraft stands out in my mind. She's a leader in women's ministry at our church, and is now with Jesus again. Like I told you, uh, those stand out to me. But she discipled so many women in our church that continue to disciple. And she always talked about there's no grace for your imagination, and that is a nugget I've been able to share with so many people because often as moms and women and wives, we just spiral out of control with the what ifs and the fears and all the things that could go wrong with our kids or that we're failing or we're not doing enough and how are we going to micromanage this? And we're creating imagined scenarios where well, the reality is when you walk through the hard thing, God will give you the grace to do it. And even if it's horrible, I mean, I've had horrible days, you know, shaving my mom's head from her chemotherapy while also picking out flowers for my dad's casket was not my favorite day. God gave me grace to walk through it. And so her words about that Grammy, my, my brother's, his mentor, she is now also in heaven. She has so many nuggets in her episode if you haven't listened, but she also talks about grace for today. So I think those nuggets stand out to me for sure.
1: And then Vicki Craft, her episode is 74, but she's also been on Summer of Mentorship. Yep. I, I love that. There's no grace for your imagination, things that you're imagining. Like, let's focus on what is true and not the what ifs. So um, when your boys were younger and not in school, how did you make this podcast happen? Because how many years have you been doing this
0: now? I think it's been six and a half, six, six and, and a half years. Mm-hmm.
1: So what's, what was your workflow? I know a lot of people, I'm a stay at home mom who gets work done for you and a few other clients and fitting things in in the fringes seems really hard, but I think yeah. a lot of people want to be involved with spreading God's word and making a second income. Yeah.
0: I think the podcast started, I used to have a blog, and I would definitely write in the fringe moments, nap times or weekends or evenings. And so what I did was instead of writing, I would plan an interview and edit maybe on the weekends. I would schedule them during nap time in the summer months still i'm I deal with you know, oh, when do I record it, and our boys in the summer will have like an hour in the afternoons of like screen time or downtime. So quiet time. Yeah. Quiet time. time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they know too, that this is, this is what I do. This is my, what's become gone from a hobby to ministry to now my job. They know about it. And, and they, you know, people will come up to me and say, Oh, are you have, we were skiing and I was talking to this mom and we were hanging out. And then she said, do you have a podcast? (laughs) And, (laughs) and then my, she you recognize littlest, your voice. Yeah, maybe? she recognized my voice. And my littlest son, who's almost eight, uh, he said, yeah, I'm one of her boys. Like he popped up and, you know, real tall and like there's pride they have too in this ministry. And so I think them recognizing, okay, mom's going to do an interview and we know needs to be quiet. And there are three sets of doors between me and <laughs> the boys. <laughs> but yeah, there can be stress, I think, when you've. Like today, I'm sure for you, you have a child down for a nap. There's stress of like I've got to make sure she gets down because I've committed to do, take this time. And so sometimes you can feel that pull of like, come on, kids, cooperate. I mean, that's the reality of like trying to fit in work when you have a job that <laughs> is very demanding. Motherhood. Um,
1: yeah. Would you say that that's your first job, and that podcasting is is somewhere yeah. down the line? Well,
0: for me, yeah, for me, it's not. It's not the ultimate priority. So I don't want to end in this motherhood gig, which is ultimately just a short period of time in your whole lifespan, and regret that I made something a priority instead of them. But I also recognize that I'm usually my best version of myself as a mom if I have a something else. And if I make my life all about them, that's not good for them and that's not good for me in the long run.
1: Yes, and we've had some great guests talk about that as well, about finding those boundaries. And um, I think that God can give us what was the the thing about working moms about having a calling and having a um, assignment assignment. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One that of was our Kat- most listened to episode. Yeah,
0: Cat Armstrong. So yeah, I think it's true. And and there's always that pull that if a job outside of home is Giving you a lot of identity and making you feel good, there's going to be that pull that you're going to want to put your time and energy into it over motherhood. That's not that immediately rewarding. I mean, that's being honest about. It's the long game. It really, yeah. Is. But it's okay if you want to have an outlet for your gifts. It's just having checks and balances for when that outlet might be robbing you of. Where your legacy actually is. I don't know if many of us remember what our great, great grandparents did for a job. We may not even know their names. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. what's the legacy you're leaving and, and how you spend your time determines that.
1: That's great. Well, spe- speaking of how we spend our time, we have um, Lauren who asked um, if you could give some advice for the early years of parenting. She's got four kids, Oh my start. four I read and those. under. Yes. She says life feels so consuming and she would love to know your perspective because you've been there.
0: Yeah. But hers are really, Lauren, four, three, one and a half and one month. I mean, I, a little bit, I feel a little bit like post-traumatic stress, which I don't want to diminish. That's an actual thing, but I do a little bit. That was a really stressful season when your kids are so small and everyone needs you. Everyone needs you. You are their main source for help, for comforting when they're just out of sorts and... <sighs> Then there, if there's any sibling interactions and they're upset with each other, you're the one who's being referee. And so it's physically exhausting. Uh, I think I did an episode called Moms of Lots of Littles or something like that. And we talked about mothering lots of little kids. And I, my idea that brought a little bit of sanity to our home, and I've probably talked about it too much, and y'all are like, Heather, enough with that idea. But I, I got it from, I don't remember who I got it from, but basically we call it mommy time in our house, and the before the morning nap, but after breakfast, each kid would get 10 minutes with me. And when you have a one-month-old, they don't count. I mean, I'm sorry. They do count, but they don't count in this because... <laughs> They're getting your time when you're they feeding them. Lots they yeah. get lots of time. Uh, but the other ones, I would put their names in a little cup or jar or whatever, and I would pull out a name and that's who would go first, and they would get to decide what we did for those ten minutes. And we would set a timer. Now you have Alexa. Alexa, you can set a timer, on Alexa. And so <laughs> the rules around it were if you interrupted your siblings' time, we just started the 10 minutes over for that sibling. And so there's the motivator not to interrupt. And, you know, the order was random, so you can't get upset about that. But um, I'm sure they can still get upset. I'm sure there are a thousand ways this can derail. But what I found was with that many little kids, I wasn't getting a lot of one-on-one time with them. And even though 10 minutes doesn't sound like very much, it was enough that, When we started to melt down, I could say, oh, I can't wait till mommy time because when we do it again after afternoon naps, but before I would start cooking dinner and it would give me a way to say, oh, have you thought about what we're going to do during mommy time? When it was finished, I would say that was so much fun playing Uno with you or running around with superheroes or whatever it was. And it just reminded them that we did something and it made me feel like, okay, I did that today. So many generations of moms have not sat on the floor and play with their kids. We don't have to do that, but I think when you have so many young kids in such a short amount of time, it's hard to find connection points where you're not just managing them. Get your shoes on. Pick this up. Don't touch your sister. Like positive interactions are hard to come by, and so that was my solution in seasons where I felt like we were all losing our minds going to interrupt myself and share with you a great resource. It's one of this month's sponsors. If you, as a parent, not only struggle to get one-on-one time with your kids, but struggle to find time to get in the Bible with your kids and to disciple them, I know that that is our heart's desire. We want to raise children who love and obey Jesus. Well, I have a resource for you. It's published in partnership with Concordia Publishing House. It's the ESV Seek and Find Bible, and it's a full-color children's Bible that combines the entire ESV Bible text with 130 vibrant illustrations of Bible story. It's a perfect real Bible for young kids, and it's going to just be a great on-ramp to introduce them to daily Bible reading in a way that's going to capture their imagination, guide their hearts, foster their minds. And now through March 9th, 2020 Don't Mom Alone listeners can pick up the ESV Seek and Find Bible along with other ESV children's Bibles for 40% off with a free Crossway Plus membership. Just head over to crossway.org forward slash DMA2, the number two. That's crossway.org forward slash DMA2 to get 40% off. All right, let's get back to my conversation with Sarah Jane. Here we go.
1: That's great. I remember you making that, having that advice. And I, it's something that I still would like to implement because 10 minutes, you know, if you got four kids, that's what 40 minutes. You could even do five if you're like, I don't have it today. I don't even have it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And what I also would do for like when you are feeding a newborn and you have a toddler is I keep a, and I've said this advice before too, keep a basket of their favorite books and just instead of saying, I have to go feed the baby, tell that toddler, Oh, it's time for you to read with mommy. What, did you pick out the books you are going to read? And so they don't see the baby as competing for your attention, but mommy's finally sitting down and she's going to give me attention. Mm, that's great.
1: And that's episode 64 was okay. for the mom with Thank lots you. of little ones. Um, Another thing that I've seen similarly, and this would also work as your kids get older, is to have a night a week where they get to stay up 15 minutes later um, and have one-on-one time. I think that is from someone I follow on Instagram does that. And I was like, that is such a good idea because it's so hard to get one-on-one time once they're in school and having that, like the things that they enjoy doing. They like
0: art, you do art. They want to play a game, that kind of thing. There was one guest we had... I know we did a summer mentorship with her. I cannot think of her name. But she had a lot of kids, and they did one-on-one time where, okay, let's say your birthday falls on the 21st. So every 21st of the month, you had a date with either mom or dad. Oh, that's cool. What we do too, as far as kids feeling – like they're seen when you have a lot of kids is we trade off weekends as far as let's say the first weekend of the month is my oldest son's weekend. So anytime there's a choice to make that Bruce and I are not making, he's the default decider for the family. So if it's where we're going to lunch after church or what movie we're going to watch, it's his weekend is what we call it. So everybody gets a weekend. It can be a lot of sibling rivalry about who gets to choose those things for yes. sure. Yes. So when we get, have it just defaulted to that, they know their weekend's coming up. So if they're like, oh, I really wanted to watch this movie, we'll save it for your weekend. And also I noticed some of my kids were more opinionated than others and were getting their way all the mm-hmm. time. The ones that have the stronger personalities. Yeah. And uh-huh, the Enneagram yeah. numbers that are coming at you versus <laughs> the withdrawers who are like, it's not worth the conflict to make mm-hmm. my choice known. So it's helping us one, have a variety of things that we do. So we're not always going to pay way every Sunday. (laughs) And then also flexibility, you know, that you don't get your, you don't get your way all the time. That's what being in a family and a community is. So... Well, that's great because
1: our next question is from Stephanie asking, how can you help your boys connect when they are so different? And that you could say boys, you could say kids. Yeah. siblings connect if they're very different. There's, I mean, there's age range too, where like I'm certainly getting that like my older kid doesn't want to watch the younger kid shows because I have a (laughs)
0: two-year-old. Or it could just be a difference in things that they find interesting. Yeah. I think they don't have to connect on everything there are definitely some of my my kids that get along naturally better than others but when i notice something like my two middle boys right now are really connecting over a video game now in classic mommy formula kids should not play video games right this is bad it's bad for their brain development we should they should be outside playing but here's the deal we have really tight boundaries on <laughs> when video games are played and it is kind of rare for these two boys to get along. (laughs) So the fact that I'm noticing that they have this in common and I'll just see them like sitting really close to each other, not even on their devices, just talking about it. That, to me, is worth whatever possible risk playing the video game <laughs> could cause. You know what I'm saying? Like that feeling yeah. of connection and them having a non uh, heated <laughs> conversation is worth it.
1: Gotcha. Hey, so can I ask
0: what is the video game? Just so uh, I think it's like Clash Royale or Clash of Clans or something like. that. Okay,
1: cool. Just wondering in case somebody's like, "What is this video game?" Yeah, How what is I this video
0: it game? This it's part? not like it's some magical video game. It's just what they like right now, and they both like to talk about it. It could be something totally different by the summer, but uh, that's what I find too. I remember when all the moms got so worked up about Minecraft and then that went away and then so worked up about Fortnite and that's gone away. There's always a new thing (laughs) that pops up that kids are really into. That's been true for decades. But then another idea that Jim and Lynn Jackson gave us, I don't know if it was in family coaching or in one of the episodes, but they suggested because it worked for their two of their kids that weren't connecting they would drive them to like a fast food restaurant and send them in with money. Now this has to be older kids, like kids old enough to order and handle money. Money. Yeah. Yeah. Understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So you send, let's say you send them into Chick-fil-A and they go in and order their food and sit down and eat together. You're sitting outside. You're watching the whole thing, or maybe you're sitting at a table kind of removed from them. (laughs) It's a sibling date. It's a little sibling date. And so I don't know. It's, so outside of what they're used to that I think it makes them feel important and a shared experience. That's awesome.
1: So um, we had another question here about finding time to read the word with your kids. Uh, it's from Allie and she's talking specifically about little ones at home um but you could maybe we've talked about some about I, I think when you were talking with Bruce on y'all's episode together you talked about some of the ways that y'all do the word now but what was it like when they were younger um how did you get in time with Jesus time reading the bible in the younger years
0: i think it was when my third was born that i started hello mornings not i didn't start hello mornings i started doing hello mornings with cat and that accountability of waking up just a little bit before them gave me space to get excited to be in God's word. I don't know if that makes sense, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't that much earlier, maybe five minutes, and then it became 10 and then eventually 30 minutes earlier. Uh, And my mentor, Leslie Johnson, her advice when you're in the little years to be in God's word is just to leave a Bible on the counter open Hmm. and... Whenever you get a chance, you just pick it up and you read something. And what better way for your kids to see that in the middle of a stressful day, you're picking up God's word and looking at it. She also kept a journal where she would, any verses that struck her in the moment or were just really powerful for her, she would keep in that journal. And so then when she was in a place where she didn't even know where to go in God's word, but she knew she needed truth, she could open up that journal and flip through those verses that um, God had spoken. To her before. So those are a couple ideas. If you haven't checked out Hello Mornings, check that out if you're looking for accountability. Um, and then just leave a Bible out. I Not love too the idea of leaving
1: about It's so simple. So it's simple. a visual reminder. So many of us look, in our, look at our Bibles on our phones. Yeah. It,
0: it's easy That's to get distracted yeah. by things on yeah. our phones. 100% you're like, you'll you'll turn on your Bible and be like, why was I on here again? I'll even have that in my quiet time when I want to use the Strong's Concordance app. Yeah. That's one of my go-to. Well,
1: actually, that's a great question. Tell us about if you have any apps that you use for connecting as well.
0: I'm- yeah. So if I'm reading like today, I was, re- I, well, one, I love the Write Your Word journal. That's what I've been using lately when I'm not in a Bible study. That's my how to get a little bit of God's word and focus on it. And it's the right, she has like scripture already selected and you just write it out and then write out a prayer and what you're thankful for and what's your word for the day. So today I was reading one and it was saying, uh, it was in Psalms and it says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. But I was curious But the Hebrew was for acceptable. Oh yeah. But I didn't even get to it because (laughs) I I forgot. I wanted to look it up on Strong's Concordance, and I think I got totally distracted on my phone. You know. So, but that app, the Strong's Concordance app, is fantastic. You can pull up any verse and click on a word, and it tells you the Greek if you're in the New Testament, the Hebrew if you're in the Old Testament, where else that Hebrew word is used in other verses, and it just brings like a little more depth um, and color to your reading. There's also the, of course, the version app, which my oldest son has come to really love, which is really, it's cool to see your kids start to take their faith on as their own, even though they've been exposed their whole lives. It takes a little while for them to own it. And he's reading through the Bible in a year this year through the U version app. I really like the version plan. Yeah. yeah.
1: You can have friends on there. So I've connected with friends reading a plan together.
0: Maybe you could read one with your, yeah, your kids too. It'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're friends on the version at P&I. So (laughs) I don't know. That's a good one. Yeah. And that's the write the word
1: journal from Cultivate What Matters. It is really helpful to not have to think about what to write. Even like you said, like there's the whole Bible and what all of it's wonderful, but sometimes you just need someone to tell you what to do when you can't think. Yep. Yep. So, um, we're coming up on the end of our time, but I wanted to ask, you keep mentioning on Instagram that you're writing a book, two books. Do you have any updates for us on the book and how that's coming along?
0: Anything that you can say about what it's about? Yeah. So I spent the year before writing and thinking about pitching a book and that book they signed for me to write. And then In the process of picking a publisher, a lot of conversation was had about why wasn't I writing a Don't Mom Alone book. So we've prayed and I asked God about it and he said, yeah, I think this needs to be done. This would be a part of your overall ministry to moms to have a Don't Mom Alone book. So I'm working on that one now and it takes a long time. The process if you didn't know I mean I signed the contract at the end of last summer the book is due this September and it won't come out until the next September if everything falls into place don't quote me on that but that's the projected time 2021 2021 fall and then the second book is due in the spring of 2021 and so it wouldn't come out until 2022 so All that to say, right now I'm just in the praying for wisdom and direction and it feels like I'm super dependent on God and other people to write the words, which is ironic because the book, (laughs) the concept of Don't Mom Alone is to be dependent on God and other people. So I'm having to live that out in my dependency on each chapter and because I didn't have this one planned out ahead of time when you pitch a book, you have it planned out, you have it outlined, you have a couple chapters written. And I didn't have that for this first book that's due. So there's a little bit. I don't know if that's what you were looking for.
1: I think it's just hard to know like where you are in the process. And are you wanting feedback from listeners? Is there going to be a point that you're going to request
0: that or? Well, good question. I have actually already in my emails that people get sent out survey questions and gotten some great responses from people. So if you want to be a part of the book writing process, you could definitely sign up over at holaheather.com to get the emails because whenever I'm in a, oh my goodness, I'd really like some thoughts on this. I, I added on to my emails. So um, make sure you're signed up for those if you want to be part of that. And I'm, I'm debating right now, just behind the scenes, reaching out to some of my community and asking them to write out some of their stories for the chapters. So that sounds great. I think you don't want to miss the Ola
1: Heather emails. They really are really great. I, I love everything that you send out. Thank you. Always very encouraging. Um I did have another question if you if we have time. Um is there a worship song or um a worship group that is really moving your heart right now? I think it's always Good as we enter a new year, we're um, to look for what's God speaking through worship for you right now.
0: You know now that my boys all leave for school at like seven fifteen my husband takes them to school, I'm in my house, and that's when I have my quiet time versus the hella mornings before, so I often will just tell Alexa play Bethel music or Alexa play. And right now, Cody Carnes, my friend, Jay Carpenter, she's been on the show. I think the episode was called sinners married to sinners, but she had sent me a text to check out the song. Nothing else by Cody Carnes. That song to me is, it just takes you in a place of setting aside all distraction and anything that's trying to pull you from his presence and just get you to a place of listening and I think sitting and listening to the Lord is probably where we all struggle the most these days. We want to study. We want to check off something off a list. But to still ourselves and listen is really hard. And so that song to me does that, gives me in that space.
1: No, well, that's all we have time for, but I just want to say for me and for all of the listeners, Heather, thank you for sharing so faithfully um, your life. You share so much on Instagram, but it's so great to hear you answer questions here on the podcast and hear a bit of some of the behind the scenes of how you're doing life when you had littles and now as your kids are growing and excited for where the podcast
0: and the books are going to go in the future. Thank you, Sarah Jane, and thank you for your help. You and Rachel, so needed, literally. Y'all are saving my life, so thank you. And thanks to all of you for sending in questions. Thank you also for sharing with your friends. I think this month we're going to hit 10 million downloads. Unbelievable. Only because y'all have listened faithfully. So many of you reach out and say, I've been listening since the beginning when it was God-centered mom, and we appreciate you so very much. I'm gonna pray over us and just dedicate our motherhood to Him. Lord, I thank you that you invite us to join you in partnership and stewarding souls, that you allow us the opportunity to expose our children to your love, that in the process, you're refining us through the power of the Holy Spirit, and that ultimately we can trust you with our mistakes and the places where we feel like we're failing, that we can surrender that to you because your gospel tells us that you are making all things new and you take those broken places and you restore them. And I thank you that we can lean on that truth in our everyday moments. If a mom is having a day today that... Uh, feels like a failure. If her life is not looking like she would like it to look, that she can lean on you. I pray that you would point her to whatever truth she needs to know about you, God, today, that you are enough, that you will provide grace for now and not for her imagination. And Lord, I, I really, I'm humbled that you have allowed me to stand in my closet learn from so many people, share my story, and invite people into a deeper relationship with you. May we all build legacy that points generations back to you that they do not forget to look for you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Y'all are amazing. Have a great week. I'll see you here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.